Amen. I'll see if I can try to juggle all that I've got going in my hands. Amen. I'll go ahead and put my phone down here, and if it rings, somebody else can answer it. Amen. Well, I almost took it during the song, but I, I thought I would not be that kind of evangelist. What a powerful job Sister Kara does here at Cornerstone. We've kind of become friends of the Farhats or friends with the Farhats, and maybe it's just we like saying their name. Give honor to my in-laws as well, Pastor and Sister Boone. Marvelous job they are doing here. And if y'all are okay with it, my wife has suggested that she not sing. And I, I thought I would throw her under the bus. She is the music director at the Apostolic Church of Beaumont. So whenever she gets a break, she... She never breaks from church. She just breaks from having the responsibility of the music, and she gets to finally worship, you know, and she loves that more than anything. And I'm so appreciative of my wife and my kids. Well, I know that the ushers walked around, and because y'all are tired, but if I could just preach what I feel the Lord has laid on my heart just this afternoon. So, if this falls apart, it's not my fault. And I'm saying that a little facetiously, but I'm still saying that God gave me this this afternoon for somebody this evening. If you have your Bibles with you, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 14, and I know I did not get it to the media team in enough time. We'll take just a moment for them to get that put up there. I'll be looking at two sets of scriptures, Matthew 14 and 14, and also Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Matthew 14 and 14 says, And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude. Somebody say, a great multitude. And was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. He was moved. And he began to heal. Mark chapter 11 and verse 24 states, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Whatever you desire kind of puts it in a little bit of a broad perspective for a multitude. But when you begin to narrow it down to each individual, God knows what you desire. When you pray, believe, and you will have them. I want to preach for a few moments this evening 
and I will do my best to literally keep it short because I do believe with all of my heart that God is not done in this service. We have just hit the tip of the iceberg and what God, and you talk about we are going to win, yes. I've come on this Sunday night with such an unction and a burden and anointing for Cornerstone that you will win. God is watching over each and every one of you. He's ordained this service long before you even thought about being here. And God knows what you have a desire of. I want to preach for a few moments moved by desire. Again, would you lift your hands and your voices in one mind and in one accord all across this sanctuary. When it looks like I'm surrounded, I am surrounded by you, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, speak to us tonight, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you are seated? Moved by desire. Moved by desire. Moved by desire. There is a word that has plagued our churches today. There is a word that has plagued individuals on a daily basis. And that word is complacency. I believe I may have told this story before, but I've never seen complacency quite in a, in a reality setting as I did when we were working in Leesville, Louisiana. And I would go out to change the LED sign often, and uh, whenever it was real hot, the sign would go out. I couldn't figure that out, but nonetheless, I'd have to go out there and I'd have to pull uh, uh, the circuit breaker out and we'd have to put it back in. And I remember one day I was opening the sign up and I noticed this big spider sitting in the corner on one of the posts. These posts were not wooden, they were iron and steel. And they would get hot in the summertime, but this spider sat there nonetheless waiting for something to come its way or maybe not waiting at all just got a little complacent uh, in life and because I would get close to it have to be close enough to it uh, but it never latched on to me thank God if you know me you know I don't like bugs I don't deal well with bugs if you ever want to see a big boy move quick Please don't try it. But I saw this spider sitting there. 
And one particular day, I went out to check the sign, and all that was there were dried remains of what used to be. Dried remains of what once was. When it began to get hot, the spider never moved. It stayed, and because it was complacent in its position, it began to die, and eventually die it did. When we fail to move, it's not easy to talk about. It's not easy to preach from a pulpit. But when we fail to move and complacency begins to take over, there's nothing even that takes place in the atmosphere that stirs us any longer. And when the heat comes, we die where we are. Complacency is the opposite of desire. Complacency says, I'm fine where I am. I'm fine with what I have. All is well in my life, and I don't need any more friends. I don't need any more of God. I don't need any more of church. I don't need any more in my life. There is a great difference, though, between waiting and complacency. I've sat at Red Lobster for 45 minutes before waiting on cheddar biscuits. I thought I might have three people take a lap. Complacency is waiting. See, I wasn't complacent at Red Lobster. I was moved to Red Lobster because I was hungry for a cheddar biscuit. I had a desire in my mind, and I had to wait for the biscuits to come out. And my server just just tried my patience, I guess. But I was willing to wait because I knew that if I was waiting, I would eventually get what I was desiring. Complacency and waiting are two different things. But I've come to preach tonight. Uh, You've been waiting. And God is now ready to move on your desire. God has now been watching what you've been doing. God has now been watching everything that's taken place in your marriage, in your home, in your life, on your job. And because you've been faithful and because you've stayed consistent, God is now ready to move on your behalf. When it looks uh, like I'm surrounded, uh, I'm going to stay faithful. Uh, I'm going to stay consistent. Uh, I'm going to come to church uh, every time the doors are open. Uh, I'm going to be here uh, at 6 a.m. prayer. Uh, I'm going to be here uh, when everything else is going on uh, and everything might be shaking uh, in my world. God, uh, I'm going to be faithful. And God honors the faithfulness because I don't want to be found complacent. You don't mind waiting if you'll get what you desire. 
So I'll show up every single service. Hey, this might be my night. This might just be my day. God's about to open the windows of heaven because I've been faithful and I haven't been complacent. I've been waiting for my season to change and God's about to open the doors and pour out blessings because he's moved by desire. We lack desire. At times, when we look at what takes place around us, when I was studying for my master's degree in tourism, hospitality, all kinds of stuff, I got one of those conglomeration degrees. It's interdisciplinary studies, but it was hospitality, tourism, and executive leadership. And so I just got knowledge and a bunch of stuff. Felt like Bible college again. But I learned something I didn't know about before in a tourism class. Nostalgia tourism. Never heard of that. But if you've ever been to museums, sports museums, that's nostalgia tourism. It's not as popular as other types of tourism, but it's still popular nonetheless. Nostalgia was once before known as a medical term, before it was our term today. Nostalgia was known as a medical term which dealt with the mental ailments of someone desiring the positives of the past because of their unfulfilling present. I want you to catch that. We oftentimes want to look back and say, Oh, I wish it was just like yesterday. Oh, I wish wish church was just like it was back in the 30s. There wasn't one of y'all in the 30s. And if you were, I apologize. I love you and I respect you. But we oftentimes look back because of we're unfulfilled in our present. Too many times we look at our circumstances around us and we think that it was much better before. I understand I'm a little comical sometimes in the pulpit. And I know there's some people that have looked back and said, you know what, it was better before I got married. I'm going to back out. I put in my, my nugget. And that's not, that's not about me and Courtney. You see, you heard that laugh. She knows that's not what I'm talking about. But because of our circumstance in the here and now, We long for the yesteryears. And we long when we thought things were simpler. If you took a step back, I've heard many people talk about it before. I wish there was church like, like, like back in the days when there was a brush arbor. And there was no carpet and there was no flooring. There was just sawdust floors. And when somebody ran the aisles, they kicked up dust and you couldn't breathe. 
Now, I understand there were mighty moves of God, but we've got great things taking place in the church today. Thank God for indoor plumbing. Thank God for carpet. Thank God for pews with uh, with cushions on them. Thank God for seats in general. Thank God for air conditioning. But that shouldn't stop us from looking at our circumstance and saying, God, you're a great and greatly to be praised. I, I refuse to get complacent with where I am and what I see. I may not I may not be seeing the promise right now, but I've still got a desire to achieve and receive. Hallelujah. He is moved by desire. We look at our unfulfilling present where what we see is not exactly how we planned it or what we were promised. John the Baptist looking from his cell Asked his disciples, go tell Jesus, go ask him, are you he that should come or do we look for another? Because right now, my unfulfilling present, everything I talked about in the wilderness, the hundreds and the thousands that I baptized, the people I talked to about you coming, I'm not sure that you're here because of what I'm going through. Oh, sometimes we show up at church and somebody else might be getting a blessing, but nothing seems to be moving in your little realm or in your little atmosphere. And you begin to question, God, are you even real? Are you even here at all? Because I don't feel you moving in my vicinity. I wish somebody's mindset would change on a Sunday night. Whether I feel you or whether I don't, I'm still going to move. Because if I move, he'll move. Somebody ought to wake up in their spirit or in their mind or in their heart. If I move, God will move. If I move, God will move. John, you don't have to worry about your situation or your circumstance. Jesus sent word back, John, I am here. Look, the lame are walking. The blind are seeing. The deaf are hearing. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Blessed is he who's not offended in me. John, open your eyes and look around. I'm moving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We can't afford for our present circumstances to dictate or determine our future. But we must get our minds right and our hearts set and say, God, my uh, my present may be unfulfilling right now, but it's not going to change who I am as a worshiper. It's not going to change who I am as a praiser. It's not going to change who I am. Hallelujah. 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 Jeremiah spoke these words and he said, God, I've walked to people and I've told them exactly what you wanted me to tell them and nothing changed in their world. You asked me to preach peace and they didn't get peace. I preached deliverance and they didn't get deliverance. I preached exactly what you wanted me to preach and nothing changed. So I'm just going to go into the desert and I'm going to do my own thing. But Jeremiah had a little bit of a stirring and awakening in him. He said it was like 
fire shut up in my bones. Whether it came to pass or not, I felt something burning in me. I got to preach. I got to talk to somebody. I got to let them know because if I keep my desire strong, God will move. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, desire has a tendency to see beyond our current situation. Desire helps us see beyond our unfulfilling present. I know I'm not alone here this night on this. I know I'm the one behind the pulpit. I know I'm the one with the microphone. But I know as well that I'm not alone that many of you have questioned even the day right now about your unfulfilling present. Oh, oh I'm telling you right now as God began to deal with me this afternoon. My wife kept asking me. I was dead tired after service. Uh, we went to the restaurant. And I was feeling really tired. Uh, but as soon as we got to the house, God began to speak to me uh, and deal with me about this service this evening. Uh, I couldn't lay down. My mind uh, was just stirring with these thoughts uh, of what God, I'm telling you, uh, you're on the precipice of a breakthrough right now. Uh, you're on the precipice uh, of a breakthrough right now. Uh, and God is moved by your desire. Uh, if you'll be consistent, uh, in your desire, God's going to move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands and love Him right now? In your own way. In your own way right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Love him. Love him. Pour yourself out on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. moves him simply your desire a lady for 12 years suffered only grew worse spent all she had saw everything else the Bible says when she heard of Jesus see when you have a desire you don't need a whole lot of facts to go along with it she didn't sit there and say, well, you know what? If you could tell me exactly how many people he's healed, maybe I'll give him a try. See, when you're desirous of a miracle, you only need to hear about him. You don't even have to see it for yourself. 
When you're truly desirous of a breakthrough in your life, you only have to hear that he's able to do it. You don't have to see it in somebody else's life. Because if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and all you have to do, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. God, if you're in this place and you're willing to move, I wish you'd just go ahead and move on me right now. I don't need to know about everybody else getting a breakthrough. I don't need to know about everybody else's testimony. Right now, God, I just need you to move on my behalf in my storm, in my trial, in my tribulation, in my family, in my finances. God, I just need you to move. There's a breakthrough taking place in this place right now. There's a breakthrough in this place tonight for somebody uh, that says, I will not be complacent. I will be driven by desire. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this woman just began to uh, just began to press through the crowd. Uh, there might have been some things in the way, uh, but she said, "No, uh, I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Uh, and if I touch the hem of his garment, surely uh, I will be made whole." Uh, and virtue began to flow through her body as she reached up and grabbed uh, the hem of that garment. Uh, there was enough desire to get her to that moment, uh, and when she got there, uh, God didn't stop short, uh, but performed a miracle. Uh, because he is moved by desire. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. He is able to speak light into darkness. He is able to create man from dust and woman from the rib of man. The heavens declare his handiwork. He made the stars also. There is a proactive side of God, but there is also a reactive side of God. In 2 Chronicles 7.14 declares uh, this reactive side of God uh, that says, If my people uh, which are called by name, uh, by my name, uh, will humble themselves and pray uh, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, if uh, they will, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their lands. Because if I move, then he will move too. He responds and reacts to desire. He responds and reacts to desire. Hallelujah. Desire has the ability to move us beyond our unfulfilling 
present into a realm we couldn't grasp on our own. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In Matthew 15, we find a woman coming before Jesus asking for healing for her daughter. And Jesus said, I've not come but to the house of Israel. She came and she worshipped him. Lord, help me. Because desire just doesn't let you stop. Desire said, I'm going to keep on coming back again. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. You could come up with your own commentary and analogy for that if you'd like. But for that time he came to the people of Israel and not to the Gentiles. But desire said, I'm not going to just take that word sitting down. Even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table. See, I've got a desire. And if I only get the crumbs, then I'll take the fragments and the crumbs that are offered unto me. And Jesus said, Great is your faith. You didn't just take my word and walk away. It might have been a little bit of a test, but your desire kept you coming back again. Your desire kept you coming back. And now your daughter's healed because of desire. Your desire moves him. Your desire moves him. You're talking about the God of the universe that flung the stars out there is moved by your desire. Whatever that desire may be tonight, I was very vulnerable this morning in what I said at the close of service. I put myself in a very vulnerable state, but I've got a desire to see my mom and dad back in the church worshiping like they never have before. I've got a desire to see my parents moving to an altar like they've never done before. I've got a desire to see my parents loving God like they've never done before. And God is going to be moved by my desire. Hallelujah. It might be your family. It might be your circumstance. It might be what you're going through. You might be looking at your surroundings and unhappy with your present situation. But God is willing to move by your desire. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 Hallel
Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I wish you'd just go ahead and make this entire sanctuary an altar right now. Uh, whatever you desire, uh, whatsoever things you desire, uh, pray and believe, and you will receive them. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to receive that word right now. I wish everyone in this place would find a place on their knees before God right now. I wish everyone in this place right now would find themselves in a place before God in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. 
I'm fixing to ask a hard thing of some of you physically, uh, but I'm asking every parent that has had a deep burden for a lost child, Brother Pegram, I can't tell you how heavy your daughter has been on my mind over the last month. Hey man, if you have a child that needs to come back to God, I want you lined up all the way across this front and knelt before God. I know it's going to be tough. I'll come down the row and help you get up in a little bit if I need to. But we're fixing to prostrate ourselves before God and we're going to say, God, please. Please, Jesus, move on their hearts right now. Talk to their hearts. Help somebody get down. If they can't get down, help them get down. We're going to kneel before the throne of God. We're going to come back and help people get up, but we're going to kneel, whatever it costs us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to help you. In the name of the Lord, this is going to be a sacrifice. God, we're going to sacrifice, but you see our hurt. God, you see our need right now, Lord. Oh, God. Come on, church. We're going to cry out to God right now. We're going to weep between the porch and the altar. This is killing some of our elders. Elder Wade, is his face is grimaced right now. I want you to put your hand toward this man. God, how he wants his children and his grandchildren to walk right. Oh God, God, I pray right now. Come on, church. Come behind these right now. If you don't have any kids right now that are lost, come behind these and lay your hands on them right now. God, we've got some situations. We have got to have help, God. We have got to have help, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. We have got to have help, Jesus. Open their eyes again. I know it seems like an impossibility, but you can send the right word. You can send the right message. You can break off the ties of the deceivers in their lives.
Come on, church. We're going to touch heaven tonight. In the name of Jesus, Satan, turn loose of our kids. Devil, turn loose of our children. The word of God said that if we teach them, if we raise them right, that they would not depart from it. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we're desperate, God. We're desperate, God, for a breakthrough in our families. God, our kids have got to be saved. They've got to be saved, God. the spirit of deception. Break off the spirit of deception. As you begin to stand to your feet whenever you're ready, get help if you need help. But just begin to lift your hands and thank God for his mercy on your household. Just begin to thank him for a love that is beyond description and a mercy beyond compare. He saw your koya. Just begin to magnify his name and 
thank him for his blood that you pled over their lives. Thank him for the blood that you have pled over their soul. I know the next group might be a little smaller, but Sister Kara, I want you to come front and center and kneel for your daddy. Amen. And any of the rest of you that have parents uh, that are not serving God like they should, uh, I want you to kneel right beside her across this front. And you parents begin to pray with them as they kneel in desperation for their own parents uh, that God would stir, uh, that God would save. Uh, God, I'm asking you to save Kara's daddy. Uh, Come on, step up, church, and begin to pray for these uh, whose parents are not living for God. Somebody pray, Brother Farhat, right now. Join with me.
innocence of salvation, not to be repented of, Lord. Your goodness to lead unto that repentance, God. Lord, in your name, Jesus, open the doors that need to be opened and close those that need to be closed, God. Lord, you do it, Lord, and nothing else. Before we leave this atmosphere of prayer, we need to call out. I don't I don't know if she's here or not. Jessica, you here? Love you with all my heart if you are, girl. We got some people like that that have no family. Nobody praying for them if we don't. Could we lift up just whoever comes to your mind right now, just desperate, God. You see the enemy that's attacked them, God. Nobody else. They don't have a support group, God. They don't have family that serve you. Lord, they're fighting a lonely battle, and I'm asking you, Lord, Oh, God, be their strength. Love them, oh, God. Restore them. Let them feel the touch of your spirit, oh, God. Reach. Reach into their living room right now, God. Reach into their home. Reach into their car. Reach them on their job, God. Hallelujah. 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 I won't try to re-preach a just totally separate thought process here, but it ties in with what we're trying to do. Brother Joe Arrington called me the night, was asking me some questions, and I got to thinking, you know, I haven't really expressed my vision like I should, and I just want to express it in this atmosphere. I'll talk more about it. But we are known as a friendly church. But I want our, our vision to be not just being a friendly church, but being a true friend to people who find their way here. And we'll let you define that however that God lays it on your heart. But I want you to say, God, I want to be a friend, not just friendly. And the second thing is I don't want us just to be friendly with God. I want us to be a friend of God. A friend of God and a friend to this world that's in such need. Amen. God, we come to you in thanks tonight for your presence. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for a fresh rhema word of God from Brother Seton. God, a challenge. I thank you for the prayers that you're answering even now. 
our kids, our parents, our loved ones, people that we care deeply about that you're talking to. Even now, you're preparing the way. You're sending a messenger. You're opening their mind to Scripture that will challenge their, their status quo. Keep us, I pray, God. Anoint this body of believers. And I pray again that you would anoint Jamie and Courtney and their children, God, Elena and Austin, God. Anoint this family as they pursue their missionary ministry, God, let your power rest on them. In the mighty name of Jesus. Could we just love the Lord one more time as we're closing up a beautiful service. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love. We worship you, God. Oh, we worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless your holy name. Amen. If the Lord talks to you about it, we're trying to add one new one a week to our early morning prayer here at the church. If you got it in you and the Lord talks to you about it, show up one, two, three, four, or five days this week for morning prayer. God bless you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. I love you very, very, very much.